arrival at the Taj, Mumbai. If you've ever flown into Mumbai airport, you'll know that the last few minutes of the flight takes you over the world's largest slum. It seems to go on and on forever. Mumbai's richest live nearby. It's the most cosmopolitan of India's cities and it handles about a third of India's foreign trade. It's also known for its financial centre. The drive from the airport to the city south area can take you between one and a half to three hours, depending on the traffic. And of course, there's the overcrowded streets, the smells, the noise, and plenty of colour as well. There's plenty to see on that stop-start taxi ride. The Taj Mahal Palace and Towers Hotel, it's truly a landmark in Mumbai. I first remember whenever I saw a photograph of the hotel. It was whenever I first joined the travel industry back in 1981. And there was a very large book called ABC Travel Guide. The hotel graced the cover of that guide. That guide was used every day. And little did I know then that I'd be able to stay in the hotel often and even become a, a frequent guest known by name. Whenever you enter the palace wing, you're greeted by a magnificent staircase. It's rising up through five floors, twisting to the dome. The atmosphere is regal. It's a true palace, fit for a Maharaja or even a, a business traveler like myself. The hotel is an architectural marvel and it offers panoramic views over the Arabian Sea. It has the most wonderful view of the gateway of India. Vaulted alabaster ceilings, onyx columns, graceful archways, hand-woven silk carpets, crystal chandeliers, magnificent art collection, as well as an eclectic collection of furniture. So checking in at the Taj Mahal Palace, it really needs to be experienced firsthand in order to be fully appreciated. Firstly, there's the reception area. It's one of the most beautiful and prestigious rooms I've ever seen. Dark wood panel walls, huge crystal chandeliers, and once again in tile style, it's got the most welcoming, professional, and knowledgeable, and of course smiling staff seated at antique dark wood desks. It probably sounds a bit imposing, and yep, the first time it, it, it possibly was, but I was fortunate enough to have gone through this before, so of course I was uh, fully at ease. So within minutes, I was being escorted by one of the staff to my room on the fifth floor. The room number was 527. I don't think I'm ever going to forget uh, that number. The room was on the Taj club floor again, and of course I could avail of all the club privileges. I just couldn't be happier. So a quick shower. Well, it wasn't that quick. Again, the Taj Mahal Palace, here I go again, describing the bathroom. Surrounded by marble, it's not an everyday ex experience. The designer products, a walk-in rain shower, white fluffy towels, it just keeps you in the shower. Um, it's just a pity that you have to leave it. After leaving the room, I was heading for the starboard bar and lounge, and I'd been there many times before. As you're walking from the room and this most fantastic Victorian style wooden atrium, all these walkways inside the hotel, and of course you can see from the ground floor and right up to the glass ceilings. I just remember I stopped twice before I even got to the lift, just again to take in the architecture and the grandeur. As you get to the lift, you look up and there is 
The Majestic Dome. Yeah, that is the word, majestic. Absolutely beautiful. Whenever I come out of the lift, ground floor, again, you're going through glass antique doors, see through to the residence only area and, and the pool. A quick right takes you to our lobby and you're passing there Louis Vuitton, Mont Blanc. Um, I think you've got the idea. Uh, of course, there's the, Ch the China Dragon restaurant as well. Happy memories of having quite a few meals in there too. Here I am heading towards the starboard. The door opens and of course there's the smiles, bright smiles again. Um, I sit down, I'm immediately welcomed back and the comments were long time, sir. So <laughs> I'm thinking two weeks is a long time. Uh, but again, I felt, I felt missed and it was great that they were celebrating my return. It's a creature of habit. I didn't have to look at the menu, or maybe it's just actually a laziness thing. I remember whenever I was my, my very first primary school teacher put in my school report that sometimes I could be lazy. So it's either a creature of habit or being lazy. Um, by the way, I was only four years of age then, <laughs> but I ordered the chicken quesadillas. Hold on, make them vegetarian. So I want the vegetarian quesadillas. The waiter came back. The chef always says that you have chicken quesadillas, not vegetarian. Chef Agashi, of course, I, I got to know him as well. He just makes the best quesadillas ever. He was obviously taking really good care of me by remembering what I would normally have. I explained that this time I've been to the doctor, he's put me on a diet and he suggested a vegetarian diet. So unfortunately, no chicken. And this just caused a few moments of laughter all around. Then during that evening, I remember I got chatting to a NRI, a non-resident Indian, then lived in California, and then also a guy from Australia. Just remember them saying that they would be in the hotel for the next couple of nights, just like me. The next day, it's the 26th of November, 2008. This is the day that the attack actually happened. It doesn't happen until the evening. So let me tell you what happened that day, first of all. Um, I met up with Sonia, Sonia Mehta, and Sonia was staying in the Taj President Hotel, and that was about 10 minute drive to mine. We were heading for a Eye for Travel conference or event. By this stage, I'd been in India for about two and a half years, and Sonia asked me, why are we staying so far away from the event? I thought, strange question. And then I realized, well, we were actually downtown, but the conference was actually at a hotel closer to the airport. So <laughs> we had a, an hour and a half drive back towards the airport for that. So you know, anyone can make a mistake, but it, it did sort of tell me that, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have been in the hotel in the first place. The Eye for Travel event was a very good event to meet up with top customers. And we had pre-arranged to meet with our topmost customer, who was Malvinder Singh Rikki. Malvinder was the Chief Operating Officer and then became the CEO of HRG in India. Along with Sonia and Malvinder, and later in the podcast, I'm going to introduce to you Aditya, Aditya Ghosh, who is President of Indigo Airlines and also a colleague within Interglobe. These three individuals, Sonia, Malvinder and Aditya, were to become my closest helpers in my hours of need later that night. 